You're going to need your Bibles today. Now, you know here, Calvary Chapel, we go verse by verse, book by book, right? Not today. Today, we have a topical message. And there's like two a year that I do, and Easter and Christmas are usually it, unless the Holy Spirit really just speaks to me something. But today, because it is Resurrection Sunday, it is Easter Sunday, of course, we have to first share the gospel. And we have to learn what the gospel is. So you will need your Bibles. If anyone needs a Bible, we can grab there's some up, up there. We've got all sorts of different languages. All right, Christian's grabbing some Bibles back there. So today, we are celebrating Easter. Some prefer to call it Resurrection Sunday. Some get even mad when you call it Easter. I'll tell you honestly, there's different names that are used for this day. I think what's really important is what we're observing and who we are observing. That is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, I just really think that so many people often get wrapped up in so many things. What's really important is that we come together and we worship and we acknowledge that we serve a God that is alive. So on this day, Christians all over the world are celebrating and professing that Jesus, in his resurrection, defeated sin and death and was resurrected. He is risen. It's a wonderful day. Now, again, we're going to go over the gospel today. We're going to learn what it is, the gospel. We're also going to learn a lot about who God is. We're going to learn about who we are. And we're also going to learn about sin and Of course, we're going to learn a little bit more about Jesus. So through faith in Jesus Christ, we all join in this victory, right? It's Resurrection Sunday. We join in this victory of defeating sin and death. Then inheriting eternal life to go to heaven. But today, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, which we will get into later even further detail knowing what he's accomplished and what he's done for us, I really also want to think about what this means to us, the resurrection today. I believe many people in here have accepted and put their faith in Jesus and would profess Jesus to be their Lord. But what's a resurrection mean to each of you today? It means you're saved, yes? But I think there's more. How does the resurrection affect you today also. So as we get into this, and I want you to think about these questions, because I'm going to tell you a little bit of my testimony is I personally, I went to church for a long time. I believed in the resurrection. I believed in Jesus. I believed in God. I believed I was a sinner. But I was not living a life that was one who had joined in the resurrection. I was living a life that I could not overcome sin. I was living a life that I was not seeing the gifts exhibited in my own life because I was not living according to the resurrection because we join in that. We had a baptism today. Baptism is a representation of that, isn't it? You, You go into the grave, right? Jesus went into the grave. And when he came out victory, defeating sin and death, he was resurrected from the grave. We join in that same power. And then, as we know the story continues, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then, we abide in Jesus. And so I didn't live that life. 
I was a defeated Christian that believed in the gospel. I struggled with sin. I couldn't overcome it each and every day. I, I wondered. I, I would pray even on driving home from work. I'm like, I don't want to be this person that I am. How do I become the person that I should be? I wanted to do ministry even. I, the gifts were not being exhibited in my life because I, I didn't understand walking in victory and walking in the resurrection. So maybe there's some here today that maybe don't know Jesus. I encourage you to listen and learn more who Jesus is, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. But maybe there's some of you who would profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but are not living a resurrected life, that are not living in the power of the Holy Spirit, that are not living the way God has called you to live. So we do celebrate the resurrection today, but I see two parts of the resurrection. First, we see that Jesus is resurrected, but we join in that. And are you living that out in your life? Do you see that exhibited in your life? There's a big difference. There's a truly a big difference when you're walking in that. So again, I ask, what does a resurrection mean to you today? And how does it affect your life? So answer these questions. I want to start with going through some basic definitions. And we're going to learn, today's a little different. We're going to have the gospel. We want to start with who is God? I know most of you probably know that answer, but this is a good day to observe and recognize who God is. We're going to also look at who is man? Who are we? Then we have to ask the question, what is sin? Then who is Jesus? And how does this affect us? So we can start to understand a little more about the resurrection and what it means that we are celebrating today, the resurrected Jesus. So let's start by looking at some of these questions by briefly, and I mean briefly, just starting to look at who God is. So who is God? Think about that. You know, a few weeks ago I taught on the Lord's Prayer. And as I taught on the Lord's Prayer, Jesus instructed us, one of the first things we do when we pray is we acknowledge who we're praying to, of who God is. To come and, you know, this is the God who has created all things. This is the God who has saved me. You know, that reverence that we would have for the God that we come in prayer. So it's interesting as I'm teaching now and asking, who is God? Because it's been a big part of my prayer life ever since I was teaching on that. So turn to Genesis 1.1. And again, I apologize. You've got New King James on the screen. And I don't know which one you'll have in your hand. And I'll be reading it in LT. So Genesis 1.1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He, God, is the creator of all things that exist, including space and time. So I think we just start, right? Just start to understand this. So God also, we have a big word, omnipresent. It's a big word. What it simply means, though, is that God's presence is everywhere at every time at the same time. He's all-encompassing, right? All-knowing also. He's also, God is eternal. This is important when we think about who God is. He is eternal, means he has no beginning. He has no end. His existence is always been. He's infinite. He's immortal. This is a God that we serve. He's omniscient or all-knowing, meaning he knows the past, the present, the future. He includes 
knowing each one of us and what each one of us are thinking, the very most inner thoughts that each one of us would have. We're learning just a bit. Who is God? We also know that since God is all-knowing, all-knowledgeable, has all wisdom, that he's always, always able to administer justice fairly. And that's sometimes hard for us to understand, right? But he's sovereign. It's, it's, kinda, it's, it's more than we can comprehend. He is sovereign. So he's all-powerful, and he can do anything that pleases him, according to the word. So God, as we learn a little bit more, how did God make himself known to us? One of the first things I think about, maybe, is the Trinity. You've heard that word. So we have the Father God. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. But we also have, the way he makes himself known to it, is our Bibles, you want to know who God is, it's right here. He's the author of this book right here. So if you want to say, who is God, pick up your Bible. If you want to hear from God, pick up your Bible. Read it. He will speak to you. So, again, it's nice to just reflect and honor God with just coming before him and saying who he is. Because I think, you know, so often we get into, we just kind of put that aside, not realizing how big this God is. The creator of everything known to exist. Space, time. He spoke everything known into existence. This is the God that we're able to come before. This is the God that was resurrected. This is the God that wants to have a relationship with each and every one of you. It's amazing. So again, we just got a little bit of a little tiny definition and understanding of who God is. Next, we look at us. I want to look at us. Each one of us. Who is man? Who are each one of us? Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So man, each one of us, we are created by God. That's the first definition I think we should look at. Since we're in Genesis, just turn to look at verse chapter 1, verse 27. Genesis 1, 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Each one of us are created in God's image. This is important to understand. Very important to understand. So we are each made in the image of God, but we also know that there's a problem, isn't there? What's the problem? Sin. Right? We may have been made in the image of God, but we live in a fallen world, and sin has entered the world. So turn to Romans. We're looking at a lot of verses today, jumping around a bit. Romans, chapter 5, verse 12. Romans 5, 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. So now, here we are, before a God, a perfect, righteous God, us, man, woman, created in the perfect image of God, but yet we have this problem. It's sin. Every one of us. Every one of us. We are sinners from birth. Some people kind of struggle with that. We've inherited the sin. The scripture is very clear. 
So what happens now for each one of us? We are in the need of a Savior. Because we know the penalty of sin is death. We are in the need of a Savior. So each of us, we know that no matter how any of us try, no matter how good we are, how many good deeds we do, how many hungry children we feed, how many villages we go and educate, how many things, good deeds that we go out and do, no matter what, we cannot rid ourselves of sin and its consequence. I think that's important to understand, especially in this culture. We cannot fix this problem ourselves. No matter how hard we try, we are powerless over sin. But there's hope in Jesus. He is resurrected. He is alive. There's hope in Jesus. So I've just taught a little bit, a little bit, who we are. Created in God's image, right? We're sinners. So when you think about this now, we have God, we have us, and now we know that we're a separation between us and God in that relationship. And sin is the problem. That is what is causing the problem between our relationship between us and God. So what is sin? It's a big question, isn't it? What is sin? I mean, how do you define that? I mean, it's kind of a, I don't think it's a, In a way, it's very simple to define, but in some ways, maybe not. How do you think you would define sin? Maybe, what, the Ten Commandments? What else? We've been teaching on heart conditions for a couple months here at Refuge. Sin is anything that is contrary to the law or the will of God. And we also know, if we want to define what sin is, we know that there is a penalty... For sin, which I've talked about, and that penalty is death. But again, we each have hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are not hopeless. We have been given a wonderful gift through Jesus Christ. And that's what we turn into the last subject. Who is Jesus? And what has he done? And what exactly are we celebrating today when we're saying that we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ? So Jesus... Let's start defining him. How do you define Jesus? He's resurrected. We've been talking about that. He is alive. But who is he? Who is Jesus? Jesus is God in the form of man sent by God to us. Jesus is God's one and only son. We need to make sure and understand who Jesus is. Jesus, it had to be Jesus that could come. He was the only perfect one. They could pay the price for each one of our sins. That's who Jesus was. He was a perfect lamb. Jesus had to come to us, to this world as a man, so he could die to pay the price for each one of our sins. And salvation for each one of us is only available through faith in Jesus. This is who Jesus is. In fact, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is our hope. He is our resurrected hope. So I have just very briefly kind of gone through real quick who God is, who we are, what sin is, and who Jesus is. Many people, I think here, could have defined that themselves. Many people could explain maybe even better than I did. Maybe I missed a few things. But 
I can tell you, even before Jesus was Lord of my life, I could tell you who Jesus was. Even before I had surrendered to Jesus, I could tell you the gospel. Even before I was a Christian, I would tell you that I believed. There's a difference. There's a difference of knowing the gospel and knowing these things and truly submitting to Jesus as your Lord, to truly walk in that resurrected life. So I'm asking you today, is Jesus truly Lord of each of your lives? Truly Lord. Have you truly surrendered to him? I know you come to him, we come to him in faith, but is he truly your Lord? Each and every day do you get up in the morning and say, Lord, I offer myself as a living sacrifice today. Use me. What will you have for me today? Are you living that kind of life? Have you joined in this victory that we have through the resurrection? Because I didn't for many years. I just shared. I did not have victory over many things in my life because I was not living according to the way that God had called me. I want to look at something called the Romans Road. I want to go through the gospel, through the book of Romans. And then we're going to go look at a verse in Ephesians. Because I want to make sure here on Resurrection Sunday that each and every person in here understands how to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And then we will talk more about what it is to live in that later. First turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And again, as we're looking at these verses, many of you are all familiar with them. I ask you to examine your heart, examine your walk, because we're going to take communion today. And many of you are, you probably have most of these verses memorized. But really examine this. This is a great day to look at these verses and say, does this reflect who I am in my relationship with Jesus as we look at these verses? Romans 3.23 For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Do you understand and believe that each and every one of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God? Just turn a few pages over. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of Wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Do each of us understand and truly believe that the penalty of sin is death? Now, I think everyone here that I can see around has accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. But do you really think about that when you go outside of these doors and you see others? I mean, yeah, we're like, yes, I placed my faith in Jesus, and I know the penalty of sin is death. But when you look upon others, do you have the same heart that Jesus has when you look at others? And see verses like this, do you think of others? There's more to this than just, yes, I'm saved. What about others? When you look around and you walk out this building, and you go about your week, and you see all the people around you, do you remember verses like this and see your responsibility to share the gospel with them? Look at Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know, it's Resurrection Sunday. You think of that verse. Jesus died on the cross for each one of us while we were still his enemies. Are we giving thanks to him today? As we look at Resurrection Sunday, are we coming before Jesus and saying, Thank you. I just praise you. I worship you for what you've done for me. 
God demonstrated his love for each one of us while we were still sinners. I mean, you just think about that. It's amazing. I think about it in my own life to think of the person, my worst enemy, and to think that someone, to, for me to give my life for them so they could be saved. It just it blows my mind. Turn over a little further to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. I think it's so important for us to reflect and remember that it is by grace that each one of us have been saved. And it's by faith alone that each one of us have been saved. This is a gift from the Lord, a gift from God. And there is nothing any one of us could do to earn it. Nothing. It's a gift. It's just there. Receive that gift. So we understand our need for a Savior. It's resurrection. We understand who Jesus is. Do we realize the need for all the people around us also? Do we have that same heart that Jesus does for the lost? And how do each one of us now walk in this, right? I mean, how do we walk in this new life that we've been freely given? What does that look like for you? Turn to Romans. Romans 10, 10, and 11. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. It's a gospel. This is how we and everyone else can be forgiven of their sins and inherit eternal life in heaven. It's simply by placing your faith in Jesus. A faith in Jesus knowing that he came here as a man into this world. He allowed himself to be placed on the cross, paying our sin debt, taking our place, paying the price for our sin which was death, but then being resurrected from the grave three days later in victory, defeating sin, defeating death, and giving us the privilege, the gift of eternal life. If we will profess this, that Jesus is Lord, each one of us, we will rise from this old life. We will be a new creation, a new life, A new life in Jesus, free from sin, free from the consequences of sin, freed from the power of sin. I'll look at a few more verses. Romans 6, 3 through 11. This is the part where we get into, how about today? What's your lives look like today? Romans 6, 3 through 11. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism... We were joined in his death. For we have died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. 
For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we also live with him. We are sure of this, because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. And now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the resurrected life. Is that... Sound like your life's today? Dead to the power of sin. Alive to the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he wants to give each one of us to go out and accomplish his will right here in this city. According to these passages, we join together with Jesus in the resurrection. Is that what your Christian life looks like today? Are you joined in with the resurrection of Jesus? Jesus died for our sins, so we also must die to our sins. We are a new creation. Just as Jesus was raised up back to life, as it's represented in the baptism, raised out of the water, back up into life, we also are raised up to a new life, as a new creation. We are no longer that same person. We are a new person, a new birth. That's why it's called born again. We are a new birth. We join Jesus by faith in this new life, that we're free from sin, we're free from the power of sin, and we no longer are bound to sin. Is that your life? I didn't have that life. So it's very personal to me because I lived that life for a long time. I just didn't understand that. I didn't understand what Jesus had done for me in the resurrection. And I was a slave to sin, and yet I professed faith in Jesus Christ. We don't have to be a slave to sin. It doesn't stop there. We're also, we know we're, we're free from the penalty of our sins, but it doesn't stop there. Once we become children of God, we are free. Now, there's many here that I'm sure have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But maybe there's some here today that haven't, that don't understand what it is to be a child of God. They have never placed their faith in Jesus. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus today, please come talk to one of us afterwards. Learn more about what that means and what that looks like to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe there's some here as I was for many years, that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They believed, I believed. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe he died for my sins. Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I even tithe. I even go to Bible study. But I was not walking as I should as a child of God. I wanted to. I did. I was like, you know, Paul talking in Romans. I wanted to. I didn't want to live in sin. Are you living, abiding in that resurrection, in that power of the Holy Spirit? Do you understand what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? A life where you have power over sin. Then even further, you have gifts. Gifts to go out and fulfill the calling on your life. We're going to pray in a little bit here, but I would like to really look back again at this promise in Scripture of what a resurrected life looks like. Turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. This is a resurrected life I'm talking about. It's a new life. 
You're not the same person. You've been washed by the blood of Jesus. And as we celebrate today, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that He is alive, He has defeated sin and death, we can also rest on the promise that we receive through the resurrection. That we also, each and every one of us that has placed our faith in Jesus, we also are raised from the grave with Jesus. We are no longer that same person, that powerless person. We join in Jesus, defeating death. So if we have repented, we have placed our faith in Jesus, we are born again a new creation, this resurrected life, it's a free gift to all Jesus already paid the price. He paid it for each and every one of us on the cross. He paid for each one of our sins, past, present, future. He paid the whole thing. He said it's finished. It was done. Once, forever, done. So anyone here that, I've heard it even recently, some people, you know, what about, Jesus paid it. It's done. You are a child of God forever. Once you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have the eternal salvation you're stamped, you're sealed, you belong to God. This is freedom, isn't it? It's amazing freedom. It's freedom from sin. It's an amazing gift to being part of the inheritance of God's family. It includes our inheritance in heaven, being part of the kingdom of God. And again, all of this is only possible through the resurrection of Jesus. So again, I invite you, as we celebrate the resurrection, to join in that victory in your life. What does your life look like? Is it victorious? We are victorious in Jesus. You know, there's a lot of other religions out there, isn't there? Especially around here. I'm not going to name them all off. But there's quite a few other religions. Many of them say they, uh, they'll direct you to the path of enlightenment. Or maybe they'll uh, give you instructions how you can uh, have a better life. But what did Jesus say? Did Jesus give instructions? He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. It is through Jesus. And all he requires from any of us is faith in him. That he indeed paid the price for each of our sins and was resurrected. And each of us are saved by grace alone. So Jesus made this bold proclamation. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then was resurrected. But he proved it to the world, didn't he? When he was resurrected, it wasn't a secret. We look through the Bible, and we see there was over 500 witnesses that Jesus was alive. This isn't just a story. This is the truth. And I'm, I'm here today as one of them witnesses. Jesus is alive. Absolutely, Jesus is resurrected. And I've joined in that resurrection through faith in Jesus Christ. And I have overcome sin. I have overcome death. And I've been blessed through the Holy Spirit and been given gifts to go out and accomplish His will in the world around me. And I just, you know, we sing this song, He Lives. Are we living that life? If you haven't received Jesus and you're here today, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to your heart. And if you have any questions of what that looks like, please let us know. You know, ask us, what does it mean to be a Christian? It's simply by faith. Believing. Repenting your ways in turning to Jesus. We're not perfect. doesn't mean any of us are perfect. Not even close. But it means that we are saved. But there's many of you here, most of you, that I personally know that have accepted Jesus as your Savior. But I ask again, 
that we would pray and we get ready for communion, that you would pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon you in ways that you would experience the gifts that he'd have for each one of us. That he would empower you to go out into the world and reach the lost. He'd empower you and show you gifts that you didn't even know you had before. He'd empower you to go out and fulfill the calling on your life. Because each and every one of us have a calling in our lives. Or maybe some of you are struggling with sin. Yes, we as saved Christians can struggle with sin. Then maybe you can pray the Holy Spirit would empower you and you'd walk in that. And he would give you freedom from that. Because we don't have to live that way. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day as we come before you on this Sunday, Lord. The day that we recognize and uh, just come before you and thank you, Lord, for what you've done for each one of us, Lord. Just to come here, Lord, into this world, Lord, as a man, Lord. Then to come and place yourself on the cross, Lord. Allowing yourself to be placed there, Lord, in each one of our places, Lord. Paying the price of each one of our sins, Lord. In death, Lord. But then, after paying the price of each one of our sins, Lord, forever, past, and you said it's finished. Then, being resurrected from the grave three days later, raising up, defeating sin and death, and then each one of us being allowed to join in in that resurrection as a new creation, as an empowered believer, as one victorious over sin and death. Lord, we thank you. So we observe what you have done for each one of us, Lord, by taking communion, as you said here in your word, to do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we take the bread, we take the juice and the wine, and, Lord, we remember and we praise you and we worship you for what you've done for each one of us, Lord, for giving your life for each one of us, Lord, and giving us the awesome opportunity to have a relationship with the Father in heaven through you, Lord. Lord, we praise you and thank you, Lord. And we thank you for your resurrection, Lord. And I pray that each and every person here, Lord, will come to understand that in a new light, Lord, that we can join in that together, Lord, and we can overcome all these things in our lives that sometimes stumble us, Lord. And also, we can walk in the giftings through the Holy Spirit, through that baptism of the Holy Spirit, and go out and accomplish your will here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen.